بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن نبينا محمدا عبده ورسوله بعثه الله رحمة للعالمين بشيرا ونذيرا فصلى الله وسلم وبارك عليه وعلى آله وصحبه ومن تبعه بإحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد دي respected brothers and sisters السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته and welcome back to our dars although um, I really apologize that I could not confirm that the dars will be taking place except maybe it was a very short notice for all of you that's why maybe we see that not many people are coming but anyway inshallah um, we will resume the dars inshallah and subhanallah um, when I was coming to the dars I was not planning to speak about what happened in Turkey yeah, today is the 14th of the month of uh, Shawwal, 1437. And as you know, it is 19th of July, 2016. I was not planning to speak about what happened in Turkey, but just before I came here, I thought about it. I said, oh, I have to say something. And then when I came here, mashallah, the brothers, one after another is telling me that, are you going to speak about Turkey? Um, which is a very good sign, which is a very good sign. First of all, it is a good sign that it means that we are concerned about what is happening to our Muslim Ummah. Yeah, this is one thing. And the other thing, um, to speak about Turkey in particular, why we need to be concerned about what is happening in Turkey, apart from just being that Turkey is part of our Ummah, because I think that Turkey now is setting one of the best examples for a change in a secular society. I think, to be honest with you, it is the best example for making a change in a non-Islamic or, sorry, not a non-Islamic, but a secular society. It is the best example. There is no example that has been proven successful as the example of Turkey, of Turkey, and as a result of this, I believe that all of us should be proud of what is happening in Turkey. All of us should be proud of what is happening uh, or what is taking place by the Turkish government, uh, by the AK party, and by President Erdogan, may Allah Jalla wa'ala protect him. All of us should be uh, really proud of this. The Prophet Sallallahu said, Al-Muslim wa muslim the Muslim is the brother of the Muslim, does not oppress him, does not let him down, does not forsake him, does not forsake him. So it is an obligation for us to help all of our brothers and sisters wherever they are and in particular to help them in Muslim countries and to help them in Turkey. I was really surprised that some people or many people who speak about the atrocities of, the, uh, of our ummah, what is happening to our brothers and sisters in Syria, what is happening to our brothers and sisters in Burma, in Central Africa, in Central Republic Africa, in, in uh, Burma and other places. And they are not much, much concerned about what was happening to our brothers and sisters in, 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 in Turkey. Is it because it is so-called political issue? and we only cry when we see blood in the streets, 
Tayyip, if the coup was successful in Turkey, then we will see blood in the street. No, our vision, my dear brothers and sisters, should be wider than that, should be bigger than that. We should be concerned for the political issues that is happening to our uh, to, to in, in, in Muslim countries more than shedding the blood. Shedding the blood is just an emotional reaction, but the strategic reaction, the strategic reaction is what is happening politically in uh, Muslim countries in particular and everywhere in the world. My dear brothers and sisters, first of all, I really hate this notion that which many Muslim speakers and shiuch and scholars are proud of, which is, well, I don't know anything about politics. I don't speak about politics. I'm not involved in politics. I don't like politics. Yeah? But ask me about tahara, salah, uh, financial transactions, etc. I will give you a fatwa. I know about it. But politics, no, no, no. Keep me away from politics, subhanallah. And people are proud of it. Yani, they are, or in another word, they are proud of secularism, of being secular. Yes, I don't want to be concerned about the, 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 the ruling uh, system. Yes, but I am concerned about the personal ibadah, which is another, which is, of, which is secularism, because secularism says, yes, worship Allah, it is between you and your Lord. But if you want to talk about sovereignty, it is not, it doesn't belong to Allah. It is not divine. Leave what is for Caesar, for uh, him, and leave what is for God, for him. Which is complete separation between the governing system and the ibadah, no. The ibadah is everything. قُلْ إِنَّ صَلَاتِي وَنُسُكِي وَمَحْيَايَ وَمَمَاتِي لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ قُلِ اللَّهَ أَعْبُدُ مُخْلِصًا لَهُ دِينِ Very general, very comprehensive. Any kind of anything that uh, any activity in this life should be governed by the law of Allah Jalla Ala, which means that it is ibadah. However, as we always say, there is a listed ibadah and there is the non-listed ibadah. The listed ibadah is, you, maybe you call it the personal ibadah, but the non-listed ibadah or the non-listed ibadah includes all of our activities, includes, uh, includes how we go to bed, how we do uh, business with each other, how to celebrate our events, how we uh, work, how we run our systems, it includes politics. And in Surah Al-Ma'idah, the Surah that talks a lot about Al-Hukum. Yes? Al-Hukum. Allah Jalla wa'ala says, وَمَنْ لَمْ يَحْكُمْ بِمَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ فَأُولَيْكَ هُمُ الْكَافِرُونَ وَمَنْ لَمْ يَحْكُمْ بِمَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ فَأُولَيْكَ هُمُ الظَّالِمُونَ وَمَنْ لَمْ يَحْكُمْ بِمَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ فَأُولَيْكَ هُمُ الْفَاسِقُونَ Those who rule by any other law other than the law of Allah Jalla they are the kafirun, they are the valimun, they are the fasiqun. Yes, in three different ayat. Then Allah Jalla says, وَأَنزَلْنَا إِلَيْكَ الْكِتَابَ مُصَدِّقًا لِمَا بَيْنَ يَدَيْهِ مِنَ الْكِتَابِ وَمُهَيْمِنًا عَلَيْهِ فَاحْكُمْ بَيْنَهُمْ بِمَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهِ We can quote so many ayat that talk about what? The hukum, how to rule. It talks about sovereignty. Sovereignty belongs to Allah Jalla There is no separation between both. 
So from this perspective and from the perspective of the hadith that is reported in Al-Tabarani, whether it is authentic or not, the one who does not concern for Muslims, he's not one of them. We need to be concerned about what happens politically. Yes, everywhere in the world and in particular in Muslim countries and in particular in key Muslim countries such as Turkey, such as Turkey. So we should be really be worried. One of the most stressful nights that I yani, lived, okay, a part of from the night when they ousted Mursi, President Mursi, may Allah Jalla Ala free him and may Allah Jalla Ala help him, is the 9th of 16th of July, uh, last, last, last Friday. The, 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 the incident happened Friday night, which is uh, Saturday morning. <coughs> Saturday was 16 or 15. Huh? Yeah, Saturday was 16. Uh, Friday was 15. So it is, yani, they say 15 <coughs> night, but it is actually in the Islamic notion, it is the, the, the uh, night of Saturday. Okay? Um, and in the Hijri calendar, it, is, it, was, uh, it was 11th of Shawwal. Yeah? So it was one of the most stressful nights. And uh, I was so emotional at that uh, time. And maybe you have seen my message or you have heard of my message that we need to make dua that Allah Jalla Ala helps uh, the legitimate government in, in Turkey. First of all, my dear brothers and sisters, apart from this, uh, this introduction, let us understand something that is really very important and, and uh, that thing related to democracy because some, pro some brothers criticized us by using the word uh, legitimate government or legitimate elected government. And they say, well, this means that the democratic government is a legitimate government. I said, yes, yes, okay. Let us not get into the discussion about, the, about democracy, yes? Let us not discuss democracy. But when there, is a gov when there is a country, a country means, as they say in law, people and state, yes, and governments. Uh, pe pe sorry, people and land, space, and system or government. This is a state. This is the definition of state in, in, in uh, the law. But even a part of that, when there are a group of people here, we, in this place, all of us agreed, yes, that, for example, Sohail is our leader. Yeah? How do we agree, all of us? We said, brothers, as I always say, uh, imagine that all of us came to an island that is not inhabited by people are, and we are the inhabitants of that island. The first thing we need to do is what? The first thing is we need to have a leadership for ourselves in order to see what we want to do. Otherwise people will do this, other people will do that, uh, maybe a monster will uh, attack us, we don't know what to do. So we need to have a leadership. Yeah. And this is the importance of leadership. The Prophet ﷺ said, if there are three people traveling and they do not have a leader, then the shaitan will be with them. Yeah? And the Prophet ﷺ said, Man al -amir. So the Prophet ﷺ was talking about the principle of amirship, leadership. Yeah? So, in that island, let us say, 
Yeah, we are the inhabitants of that island. We agreed that Suhail will be our leader. This agreement is a legitimate Shar'i contract. Yeah, it is a contract between the people and that person. They appointed him to act on their behalf. Yeah, so this, if you want to call it democratic process, it was a democratic process, or you don't want it to call it a democratic process, whatever you want to call it, it is what? It is a legitimate agreement, a contract, a binding Islamic contract between the people and whoever they selected as what? As their leader. Yes? Please do understand this. And the Prophet ﷺ said, Al-Mu'minun or Muslims are bound by the conditions they took upon themselves. Yeah? So the condition is, Mr. Suhail, you are our leader, so you are our representative, you act on our behalf. And what from our side, Mr. Suhail, we will listen to you, we will obey you. Okay? And also, Mr. Suhail, you will act on our behalf for our own interest, not for your own interest. So, the Shari classification for the democratically elected leader is this. Yeah, let me say that again, please. Yeah, the Shari classification for a democratically elected leader is this that a group of people appointed someone to act on their behalf. This is a legitimate Shari contract. And in fact, my dear brothers and sisters, this is the form of hukum in Islam, of a ruler in Islam. And this is how the pro that how uh, Abu Bakr al-Siddiq was elected. Yes, that's why the scholars differ, whether he was appointed by the Prophet ﷺ or he was appointed by the believers. And the Prophet ﷺ himself said, Allah wants Abu Bakr, the Prophet ﷺ wants Abu Bakr, and what? The believers want Abu Bakr, which means that the believers appointed Abu Bakr. Umar was appointed like this, Uthman was appointed like this, Ali was appointed like this, that's why called Khilafa Rashida, means the people elected what? Elected a leader. Erdogan, Rajab Tayyip Erdogan, was elected like this, so he is a Shari leader for the people of Turkey. Okay? Yes? So the contract between Rajab Tayyip Erdogan and the Turkish people is binding upon the Turkish people. He did not take power by a military coup or forced himself or inherited the position. No, no. It was, they, we use the word democratically elected, but he was chosen in a Shari way. The people were given their right to select him and they selected him. In fact, he is the first leader, I, I, I don't know whether in the Muslim world, in the Arab world, in the world, that he was selected directly by the people. As you know, the, the, his party won, and then the presidency position, uh, he stood by himself, okay, and he was selected by the people. Anyway, whether through the party or through himself, he is a legitimate leader for 
does keep. Yeah? Okay? Now, brothers, we have to understand something. Once we say that he is a legitimate leader, or the legitimate leader for Turkey, he has to work according to the contract between him and them. What does that mean? I hope that people understand this point, and I hope that this video is clarifies certain things. He was elected, okay, appointed by them to rule them, not by Islam. In fact, if he ruled them by Islam, maybe, yes, and I know some people will misconstrue my word, misunderstand, mis misrepresent my word, maybe he will break the agreement between him and them. Yes? Because they told him, Mr. Rajab Tayyip Erdogan, this is the constitution. Are you willing to lead us according to this constitution or not? And he said, yes. They said, go ahead. If he said, I will change that and I am going to rule you according to what, to what I believe. Yes? He believes in Islam, obviously. Then he did what? He broke the contract between him and them. So no one, when they say that he did not implement Sharia, come on, this is crazy. Why it is crazy? Because the agreement between him and the people is not to rule by Sharia. It is to rule according to what? To the constitution. Yeah? If the constitution allows him, yeah, in a particular way to change to Sharia, yes. But all of a sudden, to say, no, I want to rule you according to the Sharia, they will tell him that, listen, this is not our agreement. He will break the agreement. Yeah? It is like, a per let us not get into that, uh, otherwise, yeah, uh, we, we have a limited time. But I hope that this point is, is understood, because some people have some superficial understanding, or a simplistic understanding, rather, and they say, no, he must rule by Sharia. He did not say that we will stop uh, banking system, we will stop alcohol, we will stop this and that and this and that. He can't. Not he can't, yani physically, he can't because the agreement between him and them is what? Is to rule according to a certain way. Like, for example, if we are in a company and we appointed someone to run that company according to what? To the company system. And if that person, he says, no, I want to run you, uh, to run the system, to run you according to Sharia, I will say, no, okay, that is not what we agreed on. Or they will say, no, that is not what we agreed on. I hope that this point is clear. It's very, very important. So, uh, he, as I said, he is the legitimate leader for Turkey because he was selected by them to rule them democratically selected, whatever, but he was selected to rule them. Hence, what does that mean? It means a lot. It means that apart from listening to him, obeying him, etc., etc., making dua to him that Allah helps him, etc., by, especially by the people of Turkey, the key thing is any attempt from anyone that does not represent the entire Turkish population to uh, revolt against him or to remove him is what this is what is known in Sharia as khuruj 
Yes? Why it is khuruj? Why it is khuruj? What does khuruj mean? Sometimes we say khuruj, khuruj, khuruj. We do not understand it. Okay? Imagine we are in this place or in this island. You agree. Let us make it simple. You agreed, all of you, to appoint me as a leader. Yeah? If three, four people, yeah, among all of you, they want to remove me. What does that mean? It means that they are making khuruj against you before me. Did you understand? Why is this? Because they say, forget about all of you, and we want to impose our what? Viewpoint. Yeah? So they are, uh, what is the word khuruj in English? Repelling or? Huh? Revolting. Revolting, yes, revolting. They are revolting again, not against me, but against who? Against who? Against the people, because the people had, there is a contract between the people and that person who was appointed as a leader. So if a few of the people said, no, 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 we are, we want to remove that leader, but the people, what will happen to the people? The people are those who appointed me. So you are making what? Khuruj against the people. That's why Sharia said that this is an illegitimate thing. And the Salaf said this khuruj is something that is prohibited. Yeah? I don't want to use the hadith when the Prophet says, Man atakum wa amrukum jami'un ala rajulin wahid, man ka. If a person comes Yes, while you are united under the leadership of one person, then, yes, strike his neck. Yeah, whatever, whoever he is. This hadith, whether it is applied when the entire Muslim ummah is under one person or a certain people willingly, yes, again, willingly agree to appoint one person as their leader, yeah, whether the hadith is applied or not, let us not get into that. But the key thing is that these few people who want to break the agreement, they are making a shar'i, I mean, by definition, shar'i, khuruj or revolting against what? Against the people themselves, against the agreement between the people and what? The, individual, the, the, the leader they appointed. That's why the coup or the attempted coup in Turkey was a khuruj, yes, against a legitimate leader. And that's why it was obligatory upon Muslims in Turkey to, uh, to, to, to stop that, yes, to stop that and to re-establish uh, re their legitimate leader, which is Rajab Tayyip Erdogan, and it was haram for any of them to support those people who uh, started this, this attempted coup. Yeah? And not only that, every single Muslim should not, in, in Turkey, I mean, yeah, they should not sit as neutral at that time. No, because he sees that there are people can be called, okay, let, let me avoid that yani, label, Okay, but these people are making khuruj against their legitimate leader and they should be stopped, they should be fought against.
yeah let alone that we know from the past that the uh, militant coups cause a lot of bloodshed and killing and chaos in the ca in any any country and uh, they also cause that country to go into a tunnel yes of, of dictatorship uh, and uh, and anyway apart from dictatorship these these militant uh, people who govern these countries they are leading them by militant uh, mindset and uh, they are not leading them to uh, development and and uh, from all perspective whether social economical and so on yeah so apart from this muslims in turkey should have as they did mashallah tabarakallah they fought against those who attempted that coup yeah and which they have done right so this is the shari classification of the presidency of Rajab Tayyib Erdogan, it should be understood. I explained it because unfortunately not many people understand it like this. The other point is uh, Rajab Tayyib Erdogan, I believe that, to be honest with you, and uh, it is the first time I declared it, maybe uh, Sheikh Abu Isa mentioned it a few days ago because he put it in his uh, Facebook book, okay? Uh, his uh, Facebook page, uh, I will mention it. I believe that Rajab Tayyib Erdogan, may Allah preserve him, is one of the mujaddideen of this ummah. Yeah? The Prophet wasallam says that Allah sends every single hundred year or if every century a person or the hadith can be understood as well, man yujaddidu laha amradiniha a group of people who will revive the situation of the Ummah. Now, if we see that the first Mujaddid of this Ummah that agreed upon was who? Umar ibn Abdul Aziz. Umar ibn Abdul Aziz died 101 Hijri. The Tajdeed of Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, rahimahullah, the revival of Umar ibn Abdul Aziz was about what? Huh? Political slash, yes, you can say justice or fairness or judicial, not judicial, judicial, but justice from a justice perspective, political slash justice. Why? Because at that time, the Umayyan Empire or the Umayyan Caliphate expanded so, it became so huge. It is, it, according to some historians, it is the biggest known uh, state in the history the biggest known state in the history yeah because the Umayyan caliphs they were so eager to expand there was a level of injustice taking place yeah Umar ibn Abdul Aziz when he came because he was so intelligent Alhamdulillah guided him and helped him he stopped the expansion of the Islamic State and what did he do what did he do? He started to what, fix the affairs of the Ummah and in particular corruption and justice. So that was his just, his tajdeed. The Ummah at that time doesn't need revival in ilm because ilm was there, there were many tabi'een and scholars, etc. But they need what? 
political justice or political reform, political slash social justice reform, you can name it. Yeah? But it is not about, مثلاً, reviving the sunnah and the bid'ah. Yeah? Uh, reviving the sunnah against the bid'ah, I mean, or so. طيب. So this is Umar ibn Abdul Aziz. Then, in the second Hijra century, or the second agreed upon Mujaddid was who? Was Imam Shafi'i, died 204. Yeah? What was the tajdeed of Imam Shafi'i? It was not a political tajdeed, because at that time it was the middle of the Abbasi Caliphate. The Umayyan Caliphate ended 132, as you know. Then the Abbasi Caliphate came, and the, the, the Abu Ja'far al-Mansur, uh, Harun al-Rashid. So there was a level of justice during the Shafi'i, the, 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 the uh, Imam Shafi'i period. The Shafi'i, Imam Shafi'i Tajdeed was what? Huh? Was a ilmi Tajdeed. Okay? Ilm-based Tajdeed. Why? Because at that time, the ilm was crystallizing. So there were a school of thought that belongs to the muhaddithin, the people of hadith. And there was another school of thought that is being crystallized, which is what? The fiqh, okay? Led by uh, Imam Abu Hanifa and his students. Imam Shafi'i, as Al-Dhahabi and others said, he came and he combined between both, and he came with a new theory that hadith and fiqh, they all work hand in hand, and, and he crystallized or he wrote the first well-known book in Usul al-Fiqh, which is what? Al-Risala. Al-Risala is a book of Usul al-Fiqh. Usul al-Fiqh means what? How to understand hadith to what? Okay, to produce fiqh. How to understand hadith to produce fiqh. The Ummah was expanding. Many people were coming to Islam. The Ummah was in need of Usul al-Fiqh at that time. And that, although the Sahaba, the Tabi'in, were practicing Usul al-Fiqh, but they were not aware of it as a crystallized, yani documented ilm, discipline. So Imam al-Shafi'i did that, and he was what? A mujaddid. Okay. The other mujaddidin after that, some scholars say, you know, this mujaddid, al-Qabarani, etc., etc., there were other mujaddidin. Let us not get into that. Now, what is happening to our ummah? Our ummah for after the fall of the Ottoman Empire or the Ottoman Khilafah 1924, the ummah have not seen a strong Muslim leader who can make a real change in the society or who can uh, uh, present a model of political slash social slash Islamic a change in this world that is becoming very, very secular. Yeah? The Ummah have not seen a person like this. Yeah? And uh, to the level that, to the level that many Muslims have lost hope that there can be a Muslim leader who can manage to fix number of things, yeah? Th social devastation, political devastation, and as well 
secular, in a secular society. Yeah, they haven't seen a Muslim leader who can come, who may come to a country that is, uh, that is first of all, economically down, completely destroyed, and then he revives their economical situation. Yeah, and he brings stability to a certain <coughs> level to the country. And not only that, he can change the society from being anti-Islamic to become an Islamic society. All attempts failed. Yeah, all attempts failed. Okay, and the last attempt was the attempt of uh, Mursi. Yeah, and it failed. Even before Erdogan, yeah, his spiritual <coughs> leader, Najmuddin Arbakan, may Allah Jalla Ala have rahmah on him, he was, he also failed, yeah, and he was uh, thrown by, 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 by another uh, military coup, yes? So, to the level that we lost hope as Muslims, we lost hope, yeah? And when Rajab Tayyip Erdogan came, he presented a model, and that model can be followed now by many Muslim leaders. So that's why he is reviving something that is completely unique, yeah? And that something is not something small. That thing is what is needed now for the Ummah. The Ummah now, yes, needs a political leader who can present a model where he can rule a country, develop a country, bring a positive social, economical change to that country. We haven't seen that except through this leader, may Allah Jalla preserve him, Rajab Tayyib Erdogan. We haven't seen that. And now he is setting a model, and I think, inshallah, many countries will follow that model. Okay. As you know, as you know, the uh, Turkish economical system before the AK party and before Erdogan uh, was so devastated, was so devastated. And I remember that they used to make jokes that if you want, in this was in 19, in 19, in the 1980s, all the way until um, 19, I think when they changed, uh, uh, just just before the 1990s where if you want to buy uh, bread or yeah loaf of bread you have to fill your pocket with money and maybe the weight of the paper money that you need to buy what a piece of bread or maybe a sandwich or a loaf of bread is heavier than the bread itself because the Turkish lira lost its price yeah, and not only that, if the, maybe you are young here, but the people who yani, are all visited Turkey before that, they would have seen that the country, the corruption is there. Yeah, all types of problems were there. And I saw, I visited Turkey a few months ago, and I saw a Saudi brother who visited Turkey 20 years ago, and he said, I've been coming to this country for a long time ago, uh, he said in 19, I think, I forgot exactly, when he came to Istanbul, yeah, before Erdogan became the mayor of Istanbul, 
And he said, Wallahi, in many areas, you cannot live there because of what? Because of the smell of the sewage system in Istanbul. And that was known. Yeah? Then Erdogan came, he was appointed as, and by the way, the, the prostitutes were walking in the streets in Istanbul. And this is well known. And not only that, as you know, hijab was banned. Hijab was banned. Not only that, hijab was banned. If they see a lady with hijab, they think that she is just an old lady from the backward people. That was the situation. And yes, I remember, I remember that in 1995, I was working for a company, a colleague of mine, his name was, anyway, no need to mention his name. He was a Turkish person, Turkish person. I said to him one time, I don't want to mention his name, I said, yeah, so-and-so, why don't you pray? Yeah? It was known for us who were living in Saudi Arabia, mixing with the <coughs> Turkish community, that they were so, so secular. So secular. So I said to him, yeah, so-and-so, why don't you pray? He said, I am a Muslim. I said, Tayyip, Muslim should pray. He said, yes, inshallah, inshallah. And he was يعني, making, he said, I know the kalima. I said, which kalima? He said, oh. I said, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I didn't realize that he didn't know the kalima. Yeah? I said, so what was the kalima? What was the kalima? He said, uh, uh, and then he managed to say, la ilaha illallah. And then I said, uh-huh. And what's the other part? He didn't know the other part. Yeah? And yes, I remembered also, just I remembered now, that one of my teachers in KFUPM, uh, KFUPM, he was a Turkish person, and that Turkish person, I saw him once drinking with the, with the left hand, yes? And you know, young people, they are always eager to implement the sunnah, which should be. And by the way, I see many brothers yeah, drinking with their left hand. It annoys me. I don't know why this habit has not been yani, okay, uh, clarified to people. Uh, recently, I attended an Islamic conference. Islamic conference, wallahi. I saw three from the dua in the conference on the table. Yes? First of all, I saw the first one drinking with the left hand. I said maybe he forgot or something. Then the second one. And then the third one by the left hand. Anyway. So I said to my teacher who was drinking with the left hand, I said to him, uh, yani, uh, he was teaching me, a bit close to me. I said to him, you know, we should drink with the right hand. Yeah, not with the left hand. He said, oh, why? God created this hand for me. God created this hand for me. Both are created for me. So I should use any of them. I said, yeah, but God is the one who said, drink with the right hand. He said, no. Okay. Yeah, we know, okay, maybe you have seen them, they were very, very secular, yeah? That's, a, and, and some brothers visited Turkey, and they said they were walking with their wives with hijab, etc., in some cities, yeah? That was maybe 10 years ago, and people were looking at them as they, if they were coming from what? A different, yani, uh, planet, a different planet. And the people, those, I visited Tur Turkey the first time in, in, uh, in 2000, 
uh, I, I forgot now. But in in many masajid, yeah, you go to the masajid. Who is praying there? The old people only. Yeah, the old people only. <laughs> yes, one of the funny stories that happened with me. Okay, when I I visited Turkey in 2000, one of the times 2000, uh, maybe seven eight. Yeah, with the family. I was going to Saudi Arabia, I was stopped in Turkey for a few days. So I took the family for a tour and we went to Hagia Sophia. Yeah, Hagia Sophia, we don't want to get into the history of Hagia Sophia was a masjid. Some people, they claim that it was not a mosque and then it was taken by, by uh, the Christians and made in. Anyway, it ended up as a museum. Yeah, you can go there and you see some Islamic signs and you see uh, as well Christian sign. You enter there, you have to buy a ticket, etc. To go out and then uh, to go out and then to come back again, it takes time. So the Asr Salah time came. So myself and my children wanted to pray Asr. We started to pray. Then immediately the policemen came and they stopped us. So I said to them, no, no, I want to pray. They said, no. Broken English, yes, no, some people came, some young people came to translate. They said, no, by law, it is, you can't pray. I said, in London, which is not a Muslim country, I pray whenever I want. Here, a Muslim country, and I can't pray? No, I want to pray. Yeah, they said, no, not here, pray elsewhere. This is the law. I said, where, where, show it to me. That. No, they said, no, no religion here, no religion. I said, the religion is, belongs to Allah, it is everywhere, it is the land of Allah. I want to pray. I'm not causing any harm for anyone. Anyway, we had an argument. The police came and uh, many police came and uh, the commander came and he said, no, you can't pray here. Right? So I had to, to, to leave. So anyway, I, all of us know that there were many of them, in order to be honest, were what? Anti-Islamic. Anti-Islamic. Later on, on a political level, they were among the first people to have links with what? With the Israeli governments, despite what was happening to, uh, to, to, to Muslims in, in Palestine. So now, Erdogan came first and he became the uh, mayor of Istanbul. He cleaned it, okay? Physically cleaned it. He fixed the sewage system. He improved the situation there. He also, in order to find the solution for the prostitutions, he found jobs for ladies and he said that those people if we give them alternative then they will stop prostitution prostitution diminished yeah in istanbul which is something very very good then he became the prime minister as you know and the economical situation boomed yeah improved yes exponentially and to the level that, as you know, it became one of the biggest 20 economics, uh, economies in the world. It is one of the G20, as you know, uh, uh, Turkey. Okay, so he developed the people from an, econ an economical perspective. From an Islamic perspective, yes, no one except a blind person or, he, or a person who hates Islam and, Mus Islam and Muslims who can, yes, reject the fact that he improved the Islam 
in Turkey, in Turkey, almost grammatically or almost dramatically as the economy was expanding as well. Yeah? From people who do not want to wear hijab to people, if you go there, you will see many people wearing hijab. He has to send his daughter to America to study because she could not wear a headscarf in what? In Turkish universities. And now if you go to Turkey, you see hijab worn by young people everywhere. Everywhere. By the grace of Allah Jalla Not only that, he opened the schools, yeah, called, uh, I, I forgot the Turkish name, but for young imams. They learn Quran. Yes, and they learn Islamic studies. Yeah, he built so many masajids. The people themselves started to be open-minded. Before, they were very, very close-minded. They have certain yeah, uh, practices from tasawwuf and from, uh, they follow the Hanafi madhab. They take it as a cultural thing. And now people start to understand that it is a religious issue. And they started to, it is from the religion, sorry. They started to understand that there is another uh, uh, other school of, so, of thoughts, Shafi'i school of thought, Hanbali school of thought, etc. People started to be open. Before they were Shu'ubiyin, those who hate Arabs. And now they have yani, opened little bit. Sorry, time is short. We cannot continue explaining what, 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 yani, what he has done. He has it changed the country upside down full stop and no one can deny that fact yeah he has changed the country upside down economical perspective and most importantly religious perspective then okay the syrian crisis started to happen in 2012 and the syrian refugees started to leave to turkey yes subhanallah what did he do he helped them no country has ever helped refugees in the world as Turkey has helped the Syrian refugees. Full stop. Yeah? And that's why, and not only that, not, they are not helping them. I, I, I was there in two, two, three months ago, and uh, yani I visited Turkey also before. I have some Syrian friends who live there. They don't feel that they are discriminated against. Although some people still, you know, because they are foreigners, the Syrians are foreigners, they still yani, maybe behave a little bit badly with them, but the overwhelming majority, they are welcoming them, they are opening their, their uh, houses for them, they are giving them discounts, they are de giving them yani, uh, so many facilities and they are respected, the most important thing that they are respected. In Turkey, they say between, that there are between three to five million Syrians living there. And subhanAllah, what did Rajab Tayyip Erdogan, may Allah preserve him, said? He said, Hum al-Muhajirun wa nahnu al-Ansar. Yeah. He never said, oh, these Syrian people are coming to us, and he was boasting over what they have done. They said, we spend four million dollars, I think he said, four billion dollars. Allah gave us 14 billion dollars 
as a return. Yeah, the economy improved. Okay. Uh, as I said, yani, we have a limited time. He did a lot. May Allah Jalla Ala preserve him. And let alone, let alone, my dear brothers and sisters, that he was the first leader to visit Somalia, Muslim leader. He was the first, not him, sorry, his, his, uh, uh, the, the, the Turkish uh, consulate in Sudan, yeah, was the first Muslim counselor or um, uh, ambassador to visit Muslims in Central Africa Republic. And I think uh, Dawood Oglo, when he was the prime minister, he visited them as well. No Muslim authority of that po uh, position has visited them. He uh, sent his delegates to visit Burma and I think his wife, I think, or yeah, I don't remember yani, exactly, visited Burma. Uh, in Turkey, if you go, brothers, you will see organizations that support Muslims everywhere. We know that the organizations that support Syria, but there are organizations that support Burma. I met some of them that they are supporting Burma. Let alone the organizations that support the Muslims in, uh, Eastern, in, uh, in Eastern Europe. Yeah? Let alone the organizations and how they opened their doors for Muslims from Tajikistan, Kazakhstan, and these countries, the ex-Russian countries. Yes, they are doing a lot for the Muslim Ummah. I don't know whether there is a country, a Muslim country, I have to be precise, okay? But I, I don't know of any Muslim country that opened its doors for Muslims all over the world to support them, yeah? This is because of the tawfiq of Allah Jalla and secondly, because of the support of the AK party, the Erdogan party, and because of him as a leader. After all of this, you don't want us to support him, to make dua for him? No. Wallahi, after all of this, starting from the fact that he is the legitimate leader for them, okay, plus he has done for his people what no ever leader has done for the people. He has done for the Muslim Ummah what no one has ever done for the Muslim Ummah in the, uh, yani after, of the after the fall of the uh, Islamic Empire or the Islamic Khilafah yeah, has ever done. Yes, so after all of this, you don't want us to support him and he is on the top of the, or one of the strongest, or maybe the strongest Sunni country in the world. And that's why, unfortunately, many Western governments, let us put it like this, many Western governments, they really hate him. And they are looking for the day to destroy him, to destroy Turkey. Because they see that he is what? Reviving Islam in Turkey, reviving the Ottoman Empire that has one time, that has one time ruled most of Europe, as you know. Yeah? He, and he is part of Europe as well. And they have seen that the economy is booming, Islam is booming, and this man, he, as they say, 
he has Junoon al-Azma, I don't know how, how you translate it. Okay, he is fond of being uh, a Sultan, yes? Yani in the independent and in the guardian, they called him the Ottoman Sultan, came back again, yeah? Huh? Power what? Power hungry, no, no, no. He is, yani, he wants to be not just power hungry, yani, a Sultan, yeah? A Sultan, like the Ottoman Sultans, yeah? They really hate him. And if you read the newspapers now, طيب, the, 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 the German brothers told us, uh, the, the, I read in our newspapers here in England, now see the hypocrisy. Because he said that if the parliament, if the parliament approved the capital punishment for treason, yeah, for the attempted coup people, yeah, he said, I will just listen to that, yeah, because the parliament and the people, okay, approved it. Huh? Everywhere, everywhere. Immediately, uh, Angela Merkel, yeah, said, if he approved it, he is out of the EU. Yeah? But in the meantime, our Prime Minister, uh, Theresa May, when she was asked about nuclear weapons, you have seen that. They told her, yeah, uh, one of the MPs told her, so you don't mind in killing thousands of people, I think he mentioned men, women, children, yes? You don't mind using nuclear weapons to kill thousands of people. Immediately she said, what? Yes. If that is going to what? Deter them from uh, and protect the national security, something like this. No one commented that, yes, you need to be out. Yeah? This is what? Killing people by nuclear weapons. Yeah? Is it? So this is worse than what? This is worse than uh, killing people after a rule of law. Yes? That is killing thousands of them or hundreds of them. And she proudly said, yes, I don't mind doing that, if that is going to protect my, sec my national security. And no one has a problem with that. No one has a problem at all. Yeah? But when a Muslim leader says, well, if the people, again, this is hypocrisy, even according to the democratic standards, yeah? if this is what the people want, I will go for it. Yeah? Which is, if democracy, is the outcome of democracy is this, yeah? Then I will go for it. So what do you want? You want to be a dictator according to their definitions and say, people want this and I will not do it, yeah? Which means that democracy, yes, the Western non-Islamic democracy works if it is in favor of the elite and the establishments in Western governments, but if it is in favor of Muslim leaders or Muslims in general, then democracy is an evil thing. We don't want it. This is, let alone the, and yeah, it is clear, double standards, hypocrisy, okay, taking place. And the media, if you read the media, now they are what? Attacking him heavily. Why? Because he said, 
Yeah, just they are using this statement that the coup, the attempted coup, if, if, if the parliament agreed the capital punishment, then we have to go for it. They are using this and many other things in order to what? In order to, to, to attack him heavily. After all of this, my dear brothers and sisters, you don't want us to make dua for him? Yeah? No. Wallahi, it is, as I said, it is an obligation upon all of us to make dua for him, to support him, yes, and that Allah Jalla Ala supports him, that Allah Jalla Ala helps him, Allah Jalla Ala helps uh, the, the, the party, AK party, and Allah Jalla Ala helps the Turkish people to, uh, to continue in this journey, and we have to be really proud of them because they have shown that they, ha they are uh, they are intelligent people, aware. They did not let th what they have gained through these 12 years or these number of years uh, in which he was the, the in charge of the country to be wasted just because of, uh, because of uh, uh, people who have maybe different agendas or uh, external agendas. Uh, we have to be grateful uh, for, for what they have done and we have to appreciate or we have to appraise what they have done and we have to make dua that Allah Jalla Ala also helps them, Allah Jalla Ala unites their hearts and Allah Jalla Ala bring them back to the religion more and more and subhanallah maybe all of you have seen the clips yeah, that were shared at that time what was their national anthem yeah during the yani, attempted coup? Huh? What was the national anthem? Uh, no, no. They have, Ya Allah, Bismillah, Allahu Akbar. Yes? Ya Allah, Bismillah, Allahu Akbar. If you have seen that. Yeah? Ya Allah, in their Turkish, Ya Allah, Bismillah, Allahu Akbar. That was their nat national anthem. And many people have said that after the Fajr of that day, the Fajr of Saturday, you see so many people praying, yeah? By not just dancing, by uh, being happy that their, their, uh, their government has been reestablished to show that they are, in reality, they are, uh, uh, whether, whether they were outwardly practicing the deen or not, they love the deen and it shows also my dear brothers and sisters that at the end muslims are muslims they love the deen they are willing to sacrifice their deen and uh, they they will go back to their deen easily and it also shows that if there is a leader whom people yes see that he is an honest genuine person they will support him. They don't mind sacrificing their life for him. And this is what happened in Turkey. Uh, what is the future? I think the future is bright, very bright. And may Allah Jalla Ala, as we said, yani, uh, give them more and more. And uh, I mentioned it, and that's why I did not mention. Uh, I like the statement of Sheikh Qaradawi. Although that statement, to be honest with you, I have said it before, but I did not read it. I attribute it to Sheikh Qaradawi, because if I said it after 
him saying him he is يعني, a great scholar, people will say that you have just copied that from him. But previously when I saw some Syrian people in, in, uh, in Turkey and they were talking about يعني, that some people are trying to destroy him, I said, I don't think so that he will be destroyed by those people because Allah is just. Allah says, Wallahu fi the Prophet says, Wallahu fi abd ma dam al abdu fi Allah is in help and support of the slave as far as what? The slave is in help and support for what? For his brothers and sisters. Yeah? And the, what Sheikh Qaradawi said, that Wallahi la yukhzik Allahu abadan ya Urdogan, inna kala tasilu. الرحمة ولا تحمل الكلا ولا تقرب ضيفة ولا تعين على نوائب الظهر. This is the statement that خديجة رضي الله تعالى عنها said to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and it is a law. It is a divine law. Allah will never disgrace you because you help the poor people. You help the the weak people. You give the poor people. You honor the guest and you. Uh, you, you, you build the ties of the kinship. And Erdogan, what he did to the Syrians, yes, Allah is seeing it. Allah will not let him down. Allah will not let him down because he did not let the slaves of Allah Jalla down. We ask Allah Jalla to give him victory against his enemies. We Allah Jalla to make him a model for many other Muslim leaders. We, uh, we ask Allah Jalla Ala to give the Turkish people more and more of his tawfiq. We ask Allah Jalla Ala to forgive us for our shortcomings that we could not help them and support them as much as we can. And we ask the Western anti-Muslim people to be just, to be just when dealing with Erdogan, when dealing with any other uh, Islamic figure, to be just because justice Justice maintains their presence. Justice maintains their presence. If there is no justice, then their presence will eventually vanish. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Question? Sorry. Yes. Question? Yeah, well, I, I think it's finished now, to be honest with you. Yeah? But it doesn't mean that if those people finished, that there will be no other people who will try to do something in Turkey. Uh, to be honest with you, an other coup might not happen, unlikely to happen. But now, now they will try to kill Erdogan. This is there will this will be the last uh, maybe resort to kill him personally, yeah. And to be honest with you, at this moment, they have established their party and many leaders in their party. Even if he was killed, yeah, uh, the, the the party will continue and Turkey will continue. Especially after this attempt, people have shown that they are mature enough to deal with these situations. So even if he dies now, subhanAllah, if he dies before the coup, 
that this attempted coup, maybe we can be doubtful. But if he dies now after the, this attempted coup, he will die if he was killed. He will die as a shaheed, so he will win the dunya and the akhirah. Yeah? And I think Turkey will continue, inshallah, as it is. Barakallah feekum. Jazakallah.